welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I am your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, you know, pretty good, pretty good. We are, what, is this, we're to the third week of the preseason now? I mean, that's, I, it's it's moving fast. Well, you know how it goes. The whole offseason, we're kind of like, ah, I'm ready for football. And then when football happens, it's like, Bam, 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 and you look up and it's the first week of the regular season. So, you know, be careful what you ask for, basically. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we already – we had two games last night already of, of the third preseason game. Yeah. And, of course, this is always usually seen as uh, the most important preseason game. It's kind of that game where uh, they want to see the team come out after halftime and perform. Mm-hmm. They want to see – you know, the offense and defense kind of, you know, clicking on all cylinders. It's usually usually the first game that teams game plan to. Uh, you know, I know Christian Hackenberg was sure that they game planned him last week, and that's why he wasn't that good. But usually it's the third week when they actually start watching the other team's film and, and making up a game plan specific for them. So you want to see, you know, your team put his best foot forward in those games, you, you don't necessarily care about a win or a loss. Yeah. But, you know, you don't want your offense to stall or your defense to get pushed all around the field in that third game. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like that, ha- like I was just, I was talking to somebody about that Jets situation this year. Man, I just can't. Woo. I mean, if Josh McCown is your best bet. But did, have you heard about this weird shit that's going on with Josh McCown now? No. What, what? Like, he's not getting any reps at practice. What? Uh, yeah. Like, Are they trying to trade him Jets, Nobody knows. If you check Jets, the uh, the beat writer's Twitter, yeah. Uh, like, the other day, practice was going on, Josh McCown was doing gases and shit. Like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's running instead of practicing for some reason. And... Ty Bowles, you know, won't say why. Like, he won't say what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on with that. I mean, who would even trade for him? Well, yeah. And why, that's just and why would you trade him? I mean, <laughs> Hackenberg is terrible. Yeah. And, like, Bryce Petty is not – I mean, like, I think you've seen uh, – like, you've seen what Bryce Petty is at this point. I mean, he's not – I mean, he's not your starting quarterback. <laughs> Shit, he might be. I mean, the rate <laughs> they're going. Very well but be. I mean, I mean, he's he's a he's like a competent backup, right? Yeah. And you hate to say that about a kid this early in his career, but that's what he looks like. He he looks like a guy that can come in and do spot duty, but not win you football games. Yeah. Not be the difference maker on the positive side. Yeah. In, in in any game, especially against a good team. And but you know they got a roster full of quarterbacks like that right now. It's just that you know some guys like Hackenberg. Look, looks like he will actively work against you <laughs> as your starting quarterback. Like he, when he's in the game, you kind of feel like the probability of losing goes up. So uh, I mean, it's just you know, if you're a Jets fan, man, I feel for you because uh, it's going to be a rough year. Right. He's bad enough that makes you long for the days of Mark Sanchez in New Jersey. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> but but anybody that even gets you to mention Mark Sanchez in the same conversation, that's not a good thing for Christian Hackenberg at all. <laughs> I had to look the other day to see where Sanchez was now. Like, he's uh, Chicago. Yeah, 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 Chicago. 
The yeah. Mitch Trubisky, Mike Glennon, who's Mike Glennon's not had a very good preseason so far, Stephen. It's a shock of shocks. Right. You know, when he first signed with the Bears, you may recall, I you know, kind of went off a little bit <laughs> having a situation. But but in, in that rent, you know, I, look, I was trying not to make it personal because it's not personal yeah. with me ever when I evaluate somebody. But I've seen a lot of Mike Lennon down here because I live in Tampa mm-hmm. and he's just not very good. And so, you know, for him to get that amount of money, I said then, like literally almost you know, the day it happened or the day or two after was, look, he might not make it this whole season as a starter. Yeah. And that was before they they took Mr. Trubisky in the first round. So, look, he he is who he is. You know, that, that's what he's showing in his preseason. I don't think anything has particularly conspired against him. Like, I don't think he's been under some kind of, you know, uh, uh, inordinate amount of duress. I don't think his offensive line has been that bad. Mm-hmm. That's just who Mike Glennon is. And so the Bears have a choice to make because the last I heard, um, the head coach, Fox, said that he wasn't going to change the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm struggling to see why. I, I just, look, I mean, I understand nobody wants to rush a guy out there who isn't ready. But Trubisky, you know, he doesn't look not ready, at least. Yeah. And you don't give your, your, yourself a chance to win with Mike Glennon out there. Especially, look, the, the book is out on Mike Glennon. And it was out before this preseason. Okay? If yeah. you pressure him, he's going he's gonna to make mistakes. You know, pressure busts pipes. And so, uh, you know, he's going to look worse <laughs> once the regular season starts. That's, that's what I'm trying to say because – Nobody's really even game plan planning him right now. Mm-hmm. They they just he just happens to be playing that bad. When they start game planning him and sending pressure after him, it's gonna get worse. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> look, even if he starts the season off as a starter, I really didn't believe that he would make it to the first game as a starter. So you know, it, it, he may well do that. But I, if you're a Bears fan, I think you can expect to see Trubisky early. In the season, and, and, and I'm not sure exactly what what that mean, <laughs> Mike Glennon after the season. But I, I just, you know, you, you you can't keep rolling a guy out there that, that's that's not good. No, not when you have another option. Not when you have a first round pick behind. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's also, that's just an interesting situation in Chicago because I mean that you know with the coach and the GM especially. And, whose guy it's going to be and all that stuff. But I guess we'll see. Um, I tell you what, you know, I, I did, I watched last night's preseason games a little closer than I have some of the other, obviously because it's week three, which kind of we talked about already. But like, um, I, you know, that the Eagles offense, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey looked pretty solid. I mean, not that Al, Alshon Jeffrey always looks good when, he, when he's healthy and playing football. So, I mean, the fact that he was – healthy and playing football last night therefore he looked good so you know that's then you throw in the what Torrey Smith's 50 yard touchdown something like that wasn't it and then I mean I guess that looked like maybe the Dolphins kind of screwed up the coverage there more than anything else but uh you know that's a that could be quite a potent little offense they got in Philly it really could and and look uh people have been kind of bashing LeGarrette Blunt 
for his performance so far this preseason. But from what I've seen, it's not like the Eagles have really uh, uh, utilized him in a way that really best fits his talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were just trying to experiment or, or what, but they had him on a whole lot of uh, wide plays. Yeah. You know, plays where they're trying to get him to the perimeter. And we know that's not LeGarrette Blunt's no. game. He's a bet- between-the-tackles guy. You know, he can do some of that stuff. He's like a lot more athletic than you would think for a guy his size, but his bread and butter is in between the tackles. Yeah. And a few times they they ran him on those kind of plays. He looked good. He, he had a nice little run uh, last night. And so um, you're right. That, that, that offense has the potential to be very, very good. Uh, you know, you have some X factors as far as, is Jason Peters going to be able to stay healthy to left tackle? Because uh, I think they had Lane Johnson over there early mm-hmm. in this preseason, and it got ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it just, you know, the, he's supposed to be the left tackle of the future, Lane Johnson is, but hopefully that future isn't anytime soon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, it is. So uh, you have that. You have whether or not Wentz, you know, avoids the sophomore slump or what have you. Uh, but it, on paper, at least, uh, they have quite a bit of talent. Ertz looked great last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you said, Jeffrey, uh, again, he's another guy that he's held when he's well, but he can't seem to stay well. Yeah. So uh, a lot will be predicated on guys staying healthy, as, as it always is. But in particular, they have some guys that you just can't replace. Who have you know have shown a tendency to get hurt like like Jeffrey? Yeah. So if you can keep those guys healthy, man, they, they have a lot of potential uh, this season on offense, and their defense ain't looking too shabby either. No, uh, not at all. That Darby addition, I thought, was really a smart move for them this year. Oh man, and he's he's already paying dividends. I think he had like a interception last week. Yeah, uh, he did get. I think that was him that got torched this week uh, <laughs> by. Um, What's the the receiver for uh, the Dolphins? Uh, uh, Landry? Devontae Devontae Parker. Yeah, went up over. I think that was him. Uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head. But, but he so, you know, he's a cornerback, so he's going to give up some plays anyway. But, I mean, he's had had some nice breakups. He he really – he looks different. Like, some guys just stand out when they're out there playing. And, you know, if you didn't know who – uh, Darby was, and you just turn on the film, you would notice him mm-hmm. because he just stands out there. He just looks like he's moving faster than everybody else. So I think he's been a great addition to that defense. And, it, you know, as advertised, their defensive line gets out to people. So uh, uh, the linebackers had an outstanding uh, uh, preseason. Uh, what's his name? Number 95. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, but uh, they- I was just looking at him the other day, too. Damn. I mean, he's an interesting story because last year they didn't play him nearly as much as they probably should have or as much as he wanted them to. And he was wanting to get traded uh, uh, early in the offseason, I think. But, you know, they kept him, and he, he's looked fantastic this whole preseason. Um, but, but you know, they look good on, on all, all around. Yeah, Kendricks. Um, they look good all the way around. <coughs> yeah. So – uh, you know, they're kind of my sleeper team, especially with, you know, so many suspensions and stuff going on with the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really do think that, you know, the Eagles, we might look up in December and it's the Eagles leading 
the NFC East. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's not a surprise. That's a tough division to predict in a lot of ways because of that. And and I think too, like I haven't watched Washington real closely this preseason, but uh, like I've seen reports, and like I said, I don't know, you know, from the beat reporters and stuff there, that you know the offense is a lot different without Deshaun Jackson in it. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and look, uh, they do still have talent, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Especially <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you yeah. know, we're gonna see if he likes that this year <laughs> when he doesn't have uh, uh, D Jack and, and, and the other uh, Garcon the guys that he's normal. You know, he's used to throwing the ball to. Yeah. Now I still, you know, I like Josh Doxson. Uh, I like. Uh, What's the kid that, that used to play quarterback? Terrell Pryor. Uh, Terrell Pryor. Uh, and, and, and I'll give Pryor credit. One of my criticisms of him last year was for as well as he played and as as good, you know, smoother transition as he had at wide receiver, mm-hmm. I thought he could get better at catching contested football. Yeah. Like uh, when he had a guy on him, even if that guy was much shorter than him, he tended to not be able to go up and catch the football. Yeah, and, and you just assume that 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 sometimes these guys are just good at catching the football because they're good athletes, and that's just not the case. Yeah, but this preseason so far, it looks like he really worked on it in the offseason, got his hands stronger. But it remains to be seen if he can repeat um, his feats from last year because in Cleveland he was like the only option. You know, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a whole lot else in Cleveland. So now that he's got to be kind of in the flow of the offense uh, and just be another guy, kind of, it'll be interesting to see if if he's able to uh, keep his his uh, concentration up and not have any of those drops and not have his hands fail him again yeah. when he gets his opportunities in that offense. Yeah, yeah. I, then Washington also has Jamison Crowder, who, and I can't like, even though he got 850 yards last year, I just I can never remember his name for the life of me. But. Well, listen, I can't remember nobody's name today, so I can't say nothing. <laughs> I'm sort of really like, what is his name? So, you know, it happens to the best of us. Uh, that thing with, oh, like, it sounds like, I mean, they're, what, I'd say somewhat confident. It was like a polling question. Somewhat satisfied, completely satisfied, somewhat confident that Odell can play week one for uh, – for the Giants, he's having some laser thing done on his leg this week. And, yeah, and yeah I was about to say he's having like some kind of weird. Uh, I guess it's is something that's been done before, though. Yeah. Uh, not, so it's not like experimental per se, but it just sounds very intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's a whole lot to make sure he's ready for week one. Hey, more power to him. Uh, obviously, he has something to prove. He wants to go out there and. Show the Giants, that, you know, that they should have paid him and everything this offseason. So we'll see how it goes out. You know, I, I I hope that he is ready to play and that he is able to go out there and show what he can do this year because, yeah. you know, so far we just got – we've had all these glimpses and he's had good years, but it's not translated into team success where he can really shine on, like, the playoff stage. Yeah. And that's where I think guys really – you know, you go from being – a really good player to a great player when you have those big performances in the playoffs. Yeah. 
Hi, friends. I want to tell you about the Dollar Shave Club and why it's the smarter choice for the uh, shaving person in your family or persons even. Um, It's a great shave at a great price. It's convenient, delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. Um, Like I say, the razors are great. Uh, They they give you a really good shave. I use the executive razor myself, which has got the uh, four blades on it. Um, I really can't recommend it enough. Um, I don't shave every day, but I shave... Every couple days, and I find that the razors last, the cartridges last about a week, and, uh, you know, you sign up for four of those things, and it lasts you a month, and it's a really good deal, and you can get an extra good deal on it right now. Um, for a limited time, uh, you will get your first month of the executive razor and a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, a really good, really quality shaving cream that comes with it. Only $5 with free shipping. Um, and after that, you can get whatever razors you need for just just a few bucks a month. Um, anyway, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash onsidekick, and you'll get this uh, very special offer. And uh, you can tell them that your friends at the Family Hour sent you over for, for a good shave. I, since, we're, since we're talking about wide receivers, I don't want to lose this guy's name in the shuffle because I think this is interesting to watch. He's he's conditionally reinstated, which means that he's in all likelihood going to be fine to play when the season starts uh, because he's been cleared to practice and, and participate in preseason games. But it's Martavis Bryant in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, he, he's already played in one preseason game and – Came back doing what he left doing, and that's you know catching those contested footballs going yeah. up, and, and 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 on those back shoulder fades, and it's you know it's so interesting because he has so much talent, but we've kind of heard this story before, mm-hmm. and I think that's why so many people are hesitant to believe that he'll be able to stay out of trouble. Yeah, because you you know you had your Josh Gordons or what have you, guys who had so much talent. Yeah. And they get just almost back into the league and then bam, get in trouble again. Yeah. And so for Martavis Bryant, he kinda got in trouble back to back to back. He gets banned for what all of last year. Yeah. But it seems like he took it all seriously. You know, he he's not denying that he had a problem mm-hmm. the way Josh Gordon did. He's he's went and and, and addressed the problem evidently. And he's done enough for uh, the the league office to conditionally uh, reinstate him. And my thing is this, man, and, and and maybe it's just wishful thinking, but this kid is the closest thing I've seen to Randy Moss wow. uh, since Randy Moss got to the league. Yeah. And I look, I've seen Randy Moss up close and personal. That was back when we were in the same division, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and, and so we saw him twice a year once he got in the league. I'm telling you, Martavis Bryant has that same kind of ability. He's tall. He can go up and get the football. He's fast. He's ridiculously fast. And, he, he you know, he's got that good hand-eye coordination, too. Mm-hmm. And so that combination is just – there's so much you can do with it. And when you think that, okay, there's a possibility that he wasn't even close to his potential before because he was, you know, doing whatever drugs he was doing or what have you – and that there's a chance that now, because the one thing we did always talk about Martavis Bryant was that the one knock on him was the drops. Yeah. You know, he, he was such a talented guy, but he was having those concentration drops. So now if he's gotten his life in order 
And he, there's a chance that he won't have those concentration drops anymore. Yeah. And if he still, you know, I forget how old he is, but he's not very old. I think he's maybe 25. So he should still be just as fast, should still be able to jump just as high, should still be able to track a football just as well. If you add into that the potential yeah. for him to eliminate those concentration drops, <laughs> now you're talking about an all-pro wide receiver on the opposite side of Antonio Brown. Yeah. And we know Le'Veon Bell is coming in next week. And you still have a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. So my thing is this. I think that um, it'll be interesting to see if he is able to actually play in the game. They fully reinstate him. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the regular season. And everybody's still kind of double covering Antonio Brown, right? Because this is what you do. And they're leaving him in single coverage. Man, he's going to torch some people. Yeah. It's going to get real ugly fast. <laughs> and so maybe just selfishly, I want this kid to make it just because we've been deprived of seeing what Josh Gordon could do in his prime. Yeah. And even that other kid, the kid, um, the kid in Jacksonville uh, that played for Oklahoma State. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, Justin uh, Blackman. Justin Blackman. Another guy, immense talent. Yeah. Couldn't stay out of trouble. But we might actually get to see one of those guys bounce back and fulfill that unlimited potential. And like I said, he might even be a better version of a Martavis Bryant than we even remember. So I'm not a Steelers fan by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) But, man, I'm pulling for this kid to make it because I think – his potential is just off the charts. Yeah. And if he's got his life right now and he's fully focused on his job, he might be one of the most unguardable wide receivers in the league. Yeah. I I'm inter- I'll be, I kind of like now just looking back while we were talking at him, I, you know, gets drafted in the fourth round in 2014. I'm curious to, you know, the, the fact that he got drafted in the fourth round in the first place, what had happened going back and during his days at Clemson. But, uh, well, I, I, I it could have just been a day and throw them, throwing the football a lot. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure that he had an off field problem back then, but you know, they had so much talent come through Clemson at wide receiver at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there with, he's there with like Nuck Hawkins, you know, who's there with, um, What's the kid that just came out? <laughs> I mean, they, they had some receivers come through Clemson, quiet as kept. No. They had some really good good guys come through that system. Yeah. Uh, in, in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you. someone I, it was the other day, it was one of our college guys listening to all the like recent, recent. Clemson picks that have come out. It's like, man, someone, it all came up because someone was like, listen, don't count out Deshaun Watson this year. I mean, seriously, I wouldn't. Mm-mm, and no and I still don't, I still don't believe, uh, you know, when they say that, that, um, what Savage is the starter. Okay. Yeah. First of all, we already have seen Bill O'Brien, uh, you know, make a rash decision early in the season already yeah. when he pulled the guy he named as a starter. Yeah. But in this situation, I, I just, you know, I think Savage is competent. 
but I don't know that he does enough to get you over the, over the edge. It, look, I, I think the Texans probably will be my favorite to win the uh, AFC South. But then what? I mean, <laughs> does Tom Savage strike you as a guy that's going to go out there and help win a playoff game? Yeah. Not to me. Maybe, maybe he does to you. But Deshaun Watson, even, look, the first preseason game, and it's not just about the throws, even though he made some very good throws. It's not just about the decision-making. It's the poise. Yeah. It's the same thing we talked about with Dak last year because nothing looked too big for him. Yeah. He didn't look hurried. He didn't look rushed. Even when he was rushed, even when the pass rush got there, he, he stayed calm. If he needed to, he moved around the pocket. If he needed to, he took off running. But none of it looked like he panicked. Yeah. None of it looked like you know, he was just overwhelmed by the moment. If anything, it looked like he had been here before. And yeah. so I just think that by the end of the season, maybe it won't happen early on. Maybe it'll take a few losses. But I think by the end of the season, Deshaun Watson will emerge as the best option. And I think Bill O'Brien will be tired of just making it to the playoffs and he's going to go with the young kid. Yeah. Well, you better hope you're a Texans fan. I mean, I, you know, I, he's, we've seen some erratic quarterback decisions there before, so uh, we will see. Oh, man. That AFC South, man. That, I, all those hopes, like every year, like it feels like the last few years, I was like, AFC South, might, they might get it together. They might get it together. And then it's just always like, nope. Because now you get that situation where Andrew Luck – what they say yesterday probably won't be available for week one it's like really you think so he hasn't thrown a pass (laughs) all year (laughs) i'd say it's a safe bet he's probably not going to be ready for week one but but at this point uh, look if if he could throw like if he just started throwing the week game week of week one Uh i bet you they might consider playing him because who else are you gonna play? Oh, man. I mean, they, Scott they have, <laughs> man, they have looked so bleh this, this preseason, especially when, again, like you said, you kind of get your hopes up again. Like, oh man, it looks like maybe they're fixing that offensive line. Yeah. Oh man, you know, maybe they've added some 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 guys on defense, and now they can hold people. Their defense is still getting run through. <laughs> their offense looks awful, of course, without their franchise quarterback, and so. I mean, what do you even say? How how can you possibly have any confidence in a coach when you haven't seen, and not just you as mm-hmm. a fan, but the coaches nor the GM, nobody has seen Andrew Luck throw any passes this this offseason. Yeah, you know, so it, it, I don't see how you have any kind of confidence in how this season can go because, like you said, even when he comes back. He's gonna take a while for him to get acclimated. Yeah. Or you're gonna run a risk of him getting hurt again. Yeah. And at this point, you can't keep, you know, just hoping that you can, you know, fix on him throughout the season before he breaks down. Yeah. And that's what they've been doing lately. They've just been trying to, well, let's just get him through the season, then he'll have surgery or whatever in the off season. Yeah. Man, you want your quarterback to actually be healthy around or relatively healthy around December. But it just never seems like it goes that way for the coach here lately. And so, I I mean, (laughs) look, I just – I don't see it for them. I I don't see how they go out there and even contend for uh, the AFC South this year 
when your quarterback, who so much is dependent upon, yeah, you know, uh, Coast is one of those teams where if their quarterback doesn't play well, you're not going to win. Yeah, you know, some of those teams they have a defense that's good enough, whatever, or a running back that can kind of get you through. You know, you got Robert Turbin <laughs> in Indianapolis. <laughs> no shade, no shade at all. But you got Robert Turbin. You know, it, it, you know. <laughs> I, you know, that I was thinking about the Colts situation or the Luck situation with the Colts the other day when those you saw where the Saints had fired two of those doc team doctors over the I forget which player it was, but over they kind of had messed up the diagnosis on his on a guy's foot injury. And he ended up having to have surgery, but like that's kind of what like not it's obviously it was a shoulder, not a foot thing with Locke. But like they the Colts fucked that up. I mean, like you go all the way back to 2015 when he first hurt himself, and they tried to kind of slow play it, and there were some kind of whispers behind the scenes that maybe he should have had surgery a lot sooner than he did. And then it was well, he's just going to rest and he'll be fine. He's going to rest and he'll be fine. And then all of a sudden in January this year. I mean, in luck, you have luck throughout the season last year saying his shoulder is still bothering him, you know, just as like a regular thing in his press conferences. And then surprise, surprise, in January this year, like out of the blue, you the report comes out that he's having so- shoulder surgery. And like I like if you're a if you're you just if you're luck, if you're a Colts fan, you just you just hope they haven't screwed that thing up beyond the point of no return, you know. Yeah, I, I I would hope that that's not even in the realm of possibility that they they messed it up that bad. But you just never know. Yeah. And you, you know uh, the the thing that's weird about this situation is, um, most of the beat writers thought that the Colts were being uh, square with them when they said that they felt like Andrew Luck would be ready before Week One. Mm-hmm. So that to me kind of speaks to the fact that maybe. Something went wrong, or you know maybe uh, yeah. he had a setback uh, during his rehab, or whatever. Because you know I, uh, Stephen Holder used to uh, be a beat writer here, and now he's there with the Colts, and so I was very familiar with him, and I follow him all the time. And I remember right at the beginning of training camp, he was basically saying that. Uh, the coasts were always straight with him, yeah. And they basically told him that, look, you know, we we feel like he's going to be ready, uh, and and so people shouldn't panic. Panic. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden they just kind of changed the whole outlook. Like it went from, uh, you know, he should be ready or whatever to, uh, we don't have a definite timeline. Yeah. I mean, it's two weeks away from <laughs> from week one. You might want to come up with a timeline. <laughs> At some point, I'm just saying, that's just a suggestion from me to you that you might want to come up with a timeline for your franchise quarterback. Not sure he's still a top paid, but he was at least pretty damn at one close point, to it. Top paid player in the NFL. Maybe we want to know when that guy's actually going to be available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a rough situation. You've seen several instances over the years. I mean, obviously, I mean, I get it. Doctors are humans. They're not perfect. And anyone that's ever had to deal with doctors has probably, probably knows that. But like, man, that sucks though. Though, see, like you have that whole situation in new England. That's often, that's an off and on thing over the years with Gronk and the team doctors and his family and his agent and their own, you know, physicians and stuff like that. And then the situation in new Orleans, 
which well, New Orleans has had some rough rough times with team medical issues over the years, recent years here, because you had that whole pills thing a while back too. Yeah, now we kind of need to expand on this Saints thing because it was pretty fucked up. Oh, it was real right? fucked up. It like, was like they they were they were telling um, uh, Bro the 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 cornerback, yeah, Elvin Bro. They were telling him that he just had a contusion on his leg. Yeah. Um, now this was the same leg that he'd already broken and had surgically repaired, right? Which maybe if it's me, I'm gonna say. Let's be a little bit more careful with this leg and make sure that it's not something more since he already broke it before. Yeah. Not them. They were like, well, it's a contusion. Well, as you know, uh, you know, most people can play with a contusion, right? It's, yeah. it's usually not a big deal. And so um, <laughs> because the training staff said that it wasn't a break or anything, that led the head coach, Sean Payton, to be pissed off at the cornerback because he's feeling like he's milking the injury. Like, you should be able to run now. Right, he's getting on him, and then all of a sudden, here comes these trade rumors. They're gonna trade this kid because he's milking the injury. When it turns out, his fucking leg is broken. <laughs> he's out there trying to fucking practice on a broken leg. Yeah. So you gotta fire though. You gotta fire everyone. If he, if you're Devin, bro, you gotta want to fight them. You got you gotta fire them because literally, you got the head coach mad at this kid. Like he's faking an injury or some shit when he's out there on a broken leg. Yeah. I mean, it's just the craziest fucking thing I ever heard. Yeah. And it's only because. And how did you fucking misdiagnose a a broken (laughs) Listen, a broken leg that was broke before. Like, shouldn't there been a red light? Like, let's make sure that it's not broken again. No, they're like, oh, that's contusion. Put some dirt on it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, look, I got some crazy stories. You know, <laughs> when I first got to Tampa, <laughs> listen, one of the trainers cut off Alvin Harper's finger, uh-huh. a piece of his finger, while he was trying to do a, a, a tape job. He cut his, he cut Alvin Harper, the receiver that used to play for the Cowboys. Yeah. Cut his finger. Like, <laughs> cut his fucking finger. Just because he was not paying attention, right? They end up firing him. Too. <laughs> well, they end up firing that whole staff, that whole training staff. Uh, but yeah, like it was kind of crazy shit going on all the time when I first got here. So you know, that, that, I'm just saying that bad trainers aren't as rare as you might think. No, no, no. definitely. If you tell a dude that he's got a contusion and he's got a broken leg, your ass gotta go. <laughs> This is one choice you have. I guess that those doctors were. Now, this is the part that really astounded me too. Like, well, not really, but like one of the things. But I guess that those doctors were uh, Pelicans. Like, well, because Tom Benson owns both those teams in New Orleans, the NBA team, the Pelicans. Like, they. I think they still, as of that firing when it happened, they still were the the Pelicans doctors. Shit, I hope not. I mean, come on now. <laughs> if you're Anthony Listen. Davis, man, you got to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Listen, if, if you, look, in the real world, you're trying to find a doctor, right? You, you're not really sure who's a good doctor and a bad doctor. You kind of have to go on faith sometimes. Yeah. Unless you get a recommendation. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If you do find a doctor and somebody says, my leg was broken and they told me it was a contusion, 
you're not going to that fucking doctor in real life. So if you're one of the Pelicans players, you got to protest this shit. Come on, man. <laughs> you better hope they did. <laughs> like, it's one thing if I don't know you're a bad doctor, but once I found out you, you diagnosed a broken leg as a contusion, no, absolutely not. Man. Absolutely not. All this happened the same week that uh, the owner, Benson, didn't recognize Anthony Davis. It's been a rough couple weeks for new orleans sports <laughs> at least they've got those 28 to 3 jokes to fall back on man listen they're gonna ride them to the to the wheels come <laughs> off i ain't even mad at them. <laughs> no, i'm very salty about that game I, I always uh uh mess with uh with, with other falcons fans about it but i'm still pretty salty about that game too so. oh yeah i mean it's I it's mean, hard not it'd be hard not to be even as like not a Falcons fan. I, I somebody the other day was like, "Go ahead, RVB, keep making twenty three and twenty eight three jokes." I've heard them all. Doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Sounds like well, back to the well then. Listen, I, look, <laughs> I, I, I had it all mapped out. I, oh I, yeah, I, I look like you know, to a team preview column, and if if they win that game, if they run the ball three fucking times and kick a field goal, uh-huh. I look like a genius two years in a row. <laughs> I call, I call, listen, I call the Panthers Broncos game when nobody really thought the Broncos was gonna win. Yeah, and you know, hindsight, I'm sure everybody, yeah, I picked the Patriots. People weren't picking the Patriots to win that game. No, you know, because they, I mean, Atlanta just looked unstoppable. And and, and but 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 I, I mean, I'm sorry, they weren't picking the Falcons to win that game. They were picking Tom Brady. Everybody was picking Tom Brady yeah. just because, you know. And, and and so when you look back, there weren't very many people picking Atlanta, especially not that way. Like they damn near blew the Patriots out. Well, they did blow out twenty-eight to three. I mean, <laughs> you're not supposed to lose that fucking game. You're not, right? And I just felt like then shit go right for me at that point. <laughs> I'm like, I done did all this work. They came up with this prediction. It looks perfect going into the damn fourth quarter. And then they lose. But I you, might be madder than most Atlanta fans. But you I'm had real. that. Like, you had that clause in there. It's like, now listen, there's one thing to watch here. Right. I, I did, I did, but still, like, I wanted it to look perfect. <laughs> like, I just wanted them. I mean, it's 28 to fucking three, man. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I don't know how they have been that mad about a Cowboys game nor a Bucks game. Like, I was fucking. Like, how? How? You know, get a fucking timeout like Danny, uh, uh, Dick Vidal say, get a T.O., baby. I mean, come on. You got to do something to stop the landslide when you was just up 28 to 3. Oh. Some, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and then so much shit had to happen for them to come back. Like so much fluky ass shit. The, 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 uh, what was the, the, the catch where, uh, the Edelman uh, catch? The Edelman catch where, where the DB, it's an interception ball. It's an interception ball, and that's going to end the game, and that's going to be like Tom Brady threw two interceptions and lost the game. Yeah. That was the narrative. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It went from an interception to a long game on one of the most ridiculous <laughs> catches I've ever seen in my life. I've seen the replay about 100 times, and I still don't believe 
it ended with Edelman with a catch. It's, but it did. It was such so, a fantastic catch. Like, nobody remembers, and obviously because they blew the lead anyway, so it kind of negated that. But, like, that Julio Jones catch not too long before that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Julio won the game. Oh, should have been over. NFL MVP. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Super Bowl MVP if they go ahead and run the ball three times and kick a field goal. <laughs> but, you know, they don't like winning. Atlanta. Oh, so, my God. Like, that's why I say, if you're an Atlanta fan, you have some affinity for the team anyway. So there's, there's, only, a, 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 there's only so far you're going to go being mad at them for losing. Yeah. I don't have an affinity for them anyway. So I'm mad <laughs> as hell at them. <laughs> Fuck them. They, they, they messed up my prediction. So that's why I say I might be more mad at anybody else <laughs> about them blowing the lead. I don't give a damn about uh, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I just wanted them to prove me right, and they did not. I mean, in the worst way possible. In the worst way possible. So, you know, the 28-3 jokes are not going anywhere. Oh, no, I'm just thinking about a, what, a two weeks, we're just going to be like there's going to be another tidal wave of them. When the season starts off again. Because you get the Patriots and the Chiefs. But you get the Patriots opening the regular season. And then the Falcons are in prime time on Sunday. So, yeah. It's just uh, get ready. Get ready. Get your 28-3 to 3 jokes ready right now. Because uh, week one's not that far away. And the floodgates are going to open again. And, and I'm I'm going to be so conflicted. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm gonna be egging them on, but at the same time, it's gonna be killing me inside. Like I'm gonna be some dying a slow death. I'm egging everybody else on. Though. I mean, I, I'm serious. Uh, look, when the Bucks play, it's gonna be so over with. I'm gonna have all the twenty-eight to three jokes, and then after the game over with, I'm gonna go cry in the corner somewhere. <laughs> I'm having one of our writers write a a Falcons uh, Super Bowl, you know, reflection for the season preview, and every day I feel it's like I have to like put on my grief counselor hat. It's going to be okay. Just watch the game again. I know it's hard. <laughs> Ride it up anyway. Right. You can do it. Right. You got it. Oh, man. They need a bonus for that one. I mean, <laughs> they're going to need some time off after that. I mean, come on, man. Like I said, I'm not even a fan, and I don't even want to write about it. I don't want to write any kind of recap of that game unless oh, I can just man. stop right when it becomes 28 to 3. When If I can stop right there... <laughs> I can do a buzz in it, man. Over. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, how? Oh. How does this? How does it happen? I still don't understand. I mean, you got a three man rush, a three man rush, and they get a damn. I don't know if it's a sack or a, a pressure or what. No, I think it was a pressure. Yeah. And, and if if you don't get a pressure with with. Uh, the nose tackle of all people in a three-man rush, there's going to be a dude wide open right at the end of the game for maybe a touchdown or a field goal. Yeah. This is after the Patriots tied it up. Nobody really even remembers this play. But <laughs> I think it was Trey Flowers. Yeah. Ends up getting pressure on a three-man rush and rushes uh, 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 the quarterback, Matt Ryan, into a throw. He can't see the guy coming wide open at the end of the game. Wide open. It's going to kill everybody. It was um, Turbo. It was a kid named Turbo that uh, uh, had a couple big games in the middle of the season uh, that played for the Browns before that. Uh, it was coming wild. Uh, 
hell, who was that? Austin, not Austin Hooper, was it? No, 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 not not the tight end. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we both have a brain fart today. Man, I tell you what, it's that time of year. <laughs> it is. For, I just know his nickname Turbo, and he and he played with the Browns. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you get my picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Yes. It's wide go. open up the scene. He's coming wide open up the scene. Trey Flowers gets a pressure with a three-man rush. I mean, it's just – I mean, it was meant to be, obviously. And it wasn't – it was meant to not be for the Falcons. But that was just – that was one of those games where, you, I mean, you say what the fuck so many times in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. I was in shock. I really was. By the end of that game, I was in shock. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I can leave. <laughs> oh man, I can't even. Yeah, I'm just like here. Yeah, okay. It was a sack by Flowers. Right. I knew it was a sack or a press. I can't remember yeah, which. As a sack, it was. Yeah, it was not. But two plays after he hit Julio for 27 yards. Oh no 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 no! This is after that. This is after that. It was. You gotta go. You gotta go after the Patriots come back and tie it up. This is the 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 the, the drive at the end of the game where nobody thought the Falcons had a chance anyway. Right? We're just gonna end up in overtime. I'm telling you, there's a play in that last series of plays where Taylor Gabriel is either gonna get a touchdown or they'll be in an easy field goal range. Ugh. But it's a three man rush, and only one person tries to block Trey Flowers, and he ends up getting either a pressure or a sack. I can't remember which. But it, it didn't give Matt Ryan time to see the guy coming wide open. It was like a double move, and, it, and the guy actually fell for it. The, the, the safety's kind of split. Yeah. He's going to be wide open right down the middle. Right? <laughs> Here it is, man, because I found it. Because I remember that play because you wrote about it after the Super right. Bowl. Right. I couldn't, like, I, when I saw it, because of course I didn't see it live. When you, with the All 22, you can't really see who was open and who wasn't. Yeah. When I saw it All 22, I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, why didn't I just block this guy? Well, Miles is unblockable for the Super Bowl. I mean, he was. <laughs> Wait here. This is fuck the three man rush forever and always. <laughs> and I, I admit that shit. <laughs> I just, I, I can't even, I, I, and like, we'll have to get into the, I think next week will be a good week, next week or the week after that, whatever one we get to before the season starts, we'll have to have a, we'll have to make some predictions, we'll have to, we'll have to have some fun with predictions here. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I remember my, my Jaguars pre, uh, prediction from last year very vividly, I'm trying yeah. to same mistake again. I'm gonna start just treating people like they are. You know, I'm gonna I'm I'm stop. They're gonna surprise people. No, you are who you always have been, and and until you show me differently, that's how I'm gonna treat you. Well, I, that's what I was the other day. I was running through the list of things. It's like now, I, I how are the Titans gonna prove you wrong in this? You know, thrilling prediction you've made for them to tell everybody that everybody talking up the Titans to everybody lately. Ryan, how are the Titans going to let you down on this? Because the minute you start to like, oh, I think they're going to do it. That's death warrant, man. 
And I have, I'm sorry for the Titans fans out there. <laughs> I apologize in advance for believing in your team. So I will not make that mistake again. Oh, Steven, man, uh, it's been a good show. We should, uh, we got, so we got some preseason left. We're like just into the thick of week three uh, for the preseason. Saturday is when I think most of the games are. It's, it's one of those nights where there's like 10 games on or anything. So it'll be a good, uh, it'll be a good dress rehearsal for 1 p.m. on Sundays. But then we got one more week, and then and, and that's the fourth week of the preseason, which is always sort of a little bit of a, yeah. So, uh, uh, and then it's roster cuts, and then we're back in business, man. Now, this is where it gets interesting because, you know, this is their first year where they don't have to have a big cut down before the fourth preseason game. Yeah. And so, you know, instead of, you know, just playing young guys, but, but those guys having to play pretty much the whole game, uh, you, you know, there'll be other guys that they can mix in now. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how teams handle that because there might be some teams that there's still some positions, some maybe some backup positions that need to be settled. Yeah. And, they, you know, they throw guys out there. <laughs> Doug Marone, actually, uh, I, I hope he was playing. I hope he was joking. He actually said that maybe uh, he would have Chad Henney and Blake Bortles play a little bit in the fourth game. I mean, like, dude, seriously? Really? I mean, you haven't seen enough by this time? One more preseason game is what's going to do it for you for, for Blake Bortles? Yeah. I mean, it's shit, just name him the starter. It, look, he's a de facto starter anyway. You started him in the third preseason game after Bortles started the first two. So, obviously, it wasn't like a plan. Yeah. It wasn't like we're going to start Bortles the first two and then start Chinny. Chad Henney in the all-important third preseason game. That wasn't your plan. So you changed the plan. We all know what the jig, the jig is up. Yeah. Why are they still even playing this game? I, I don't get it. Well, they probably shouldn't be playing, honestly. Like, if they're going to get rid of Bortles, they probably ought to do it now. Because if they if they hold on to him too long, it's it's like it's the, it's the RG3 situation in Washington. Well, because they've already picked up his fifth-year option. And if he, they roll him out there in this fourth preseason game and he blows an ACL or something like that, then they're most likely going to be on the hook for his contract next next season. Fully guaranteed on whatever. I can't. I don't have the number off the top of my head. But, you know, with a quarterback, a first-round pick, early first-round pick, it's, it's not going to be a small number by any means. So, uh, you know, if they're, if they're going to make a move, they, they need to probably do it. And, I'm like, I, I can't imagine there's any – any rationale you can come up with in the world right now where you can still see Blake Bortles as a future, a quarterback on your roster in the future if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I, I literally was pulling for Chad Henney to suck last night and for Blake Bortles to light it up simply because I, they're, they're making a mockery out of this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I wanted it to happen so then Doug Marone has to get up there in front of everybody and tell them why he's still going to uh, 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 name Chad Henney the starter for the season, even though Blake Bortles outplayed him in the third preseason game. And the reason why I wanted that is because the competition is over, man. Stop fucking playing with everybody. Stop, stop insulting everybody's intelligence. 
the competition is over. Chad Henney won the job. He won it by, you know, uh, default, basically, because he just isn't Blake Bortles. That's the best thing going for him right now. He hasn't really gone out there and just exactly set the world on fire. But he's not Blake Bortles, and so that's good enough for now, especially since they obviously won't sign Kaepernick. But uh, I digress. Yeah. So why are we playing this game? Like you said, uh, first of all, why even put Henny? I mean, uh, uh, Bortles out there last night. You put him out there. If he gets hurt again, the timing of this is what matters. He gets hurt with a, a career. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not career, a season-ending injury. Well, he's getting hurt in the third week of the preseason. So guess what? He might not be ready a year from then. Which means you're going to be on the hook for the contract. Mm-hmm. Why even? Why even play like that? Why even mess around? I mean, Blake Bortles had a chance last night to do exactly that. But he went out there, he did throw one touchdown, but he threw an interception, and he had a chance to win the game for them with a two-point conversion. He threw another interception on a two-point conversion. Want to know why? Because he's fucking Blake Bortles. That's who's going to be tomorrow. That's who's going to be next week. That's who he's going to be next month. He's Blake Bortles. We know who Blake Bortles is now. So why are we fucking playing this game? I just don't get it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And <laughs> I mean, if you're <laughs> take aside, like set aside all the contract shit anyway, and just like be like, if your quarterback competition is to the point where Chad Henney is, you know, your best option, it's over. There is no quarterback competition. You play Chad Henney. Listen, this remember, this wasn't even supposed to be a quarterback competition. Why? Because if you have a quarterback competition that includes Chad Henney, then you have gone somewhere terribly wrong way before this. You have definitely fucked everything up before you ever get to the point where Chad Henney is in a serious competition to be your starting quarterback for the year. Yeah. Okay. You you have took a wrong turn at Albuquerque, right? But <laughs> but you're here now. But you're here now. Because Blake Bortles, despite everybody doing everything they could to support him this offseason and, and, and going all in with him, still is Blake Bortles, which means he still fucking sucks. Okay? Chad Henney probably is not that much of an upgrade, but people are start, uh, they're tired of seeing the same old shit. At least Chad Henney will lose the game in different ways. Yeah. You know, <laughs> instead of the, you know, the, the, the back-breaking interception, maybe he'll be running and just fumble the football. He's okay? Chad Henney, yeah. Right, but at least it'll be Chad Henney's way of losing the game and not Blake Bortles. And so it's just, it's time. It's time to give up the ghost. Whatever you think of Blake Bortles or whatever he could be, I think Jags fans might fucking riot if he's named the starter again this season. We've seen this picture before, man. People want to see something different. Okay? He had every opportunity to go out there and win the competition. He lost it as soon as they named Chad Henney the starter for the third preseason game because, again, if Chad Henney is in a serious competition to be your starting quarterback – you are fucked regardless. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be – Jaguars Twitter this year is going to be lit. Because I just can't even imagine – I mean, I, like it, like we were saying earlier, it could – like it's just going to devolve into sheer ugliness. And that ought to be – it ought to be some a, a sight to see, let me tell you. 
Well, see, normally, you know, Duval, Twitter, it, they're unified against everybody else. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. It's sensitive to stuff, you know, about their attendance and tarps all that. Tarps and all that you know, shit. You, you, you don't want to say tarps and, uh, yeah. and Jaguars in the same tweet. I'm telling you, I don't know if they search for those tweets or what, but they will get you out the paint talking about <laughs> putting tarps on, on, on the stadium. They're very sensitive. But they're going to be so bad this year, okay, with a team full of talent everywhere except for the quarterback position, that I think they're going to start turning on each other too. So you got this vicious mob that goes after people. Now they're going to be going after everybody that, that criticizes them, and they're going to be going after each other too. It's going to be glorious. Oh, glorious. yeah. Glorious. I can yeah. for Sunday so I can see Duval Twitter duke it out with everybody. <laughs> I almost like this year. I like. I almost like slowly, almost got to the point where I just had about weaned myself off Twitter, and then I got back into it a little bit lately as football kind of started up again. And like now, like no, nah, I'll just have to kind of be there again because it's just you know it's not, you can't miss stuff like that. You just life's too short to miss Duval Twitter. Oh man, listen! As soon as I see people start talking reckless about the Jaguars. <laughs> Like, like I said, we all know what's going to set them off. You start talking about tarps, I'm going to pop popcorn. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to I already know what's coming in. Get that Michael Jackson popcorn gift ready to roll. Listen, ready. Ready. It is so entertaining. They are not having that shit. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh man that like we should just we're gonna have to have a hype reel we, we should have the studio make a hype reel of ja, of, of jags twitter and, like that just get everyone all fired up for the season if that doesn't get you fired up for the season I'll, you're, you're, there's no hope for you there's just no hope oh steven hey man uh good show let's uh let's do it again next week and we'll see uh i'm sure there'll be plenty more blake bortles chat henny shit to talk about <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not but there probably will <laughs>